Lord be with you. And also with you. And one rubric this morning for our order of worship. The gradual will be omitted today. And the choir will be singing an anthem instead of the gradual. The responsive reading between the Old Testament and the Epistle. Our opening hymn is hymn number 827. Let us rise and we continue on page 203 in the front of the hymnal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Since we are gathered to hear God's Word, call upon Him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as His people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking His grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us. Forgive us our sins and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in His mercy, has given His Son to die for you and for His sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by His authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue with the intro in our worship insert. When He calls to me, I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will rescue Him and honor Him. With long life, I will satisfy Him. Show Him my salvation. Because You have made the Lord Your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall You. No plague come near Your tent. For He will command His angels concerning You to guard You in all Your ways. On their hands they will bear You up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. When He calls to me, I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. With long life, I will satisfy him. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. 
Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray together. O Lord, You led Your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of Your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, Your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with You in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Lent is from Deuteronomy chapter 26. When you come into the land that the Lord God, Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance, and you have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket. You shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the, that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Armenian was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground which you, the Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God, and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is from Romans chapter 10. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Let us rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You, O Christ. We confess our faith to one another by words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, and for us men, and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, 
who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated, and this time we'd like to invite the children to come forward for a brief children's message. Okay, you know, I think Elmo was listening too. You guys ready to wake him up this morning? All right, all right, here we go. Ready? Right here. One, two, three. Good morning, Elmo. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Huh? I'll tell you what, it's a great day today. Oh, I cannot believe what a great day it is today. You know why? You know, you know why? Because I got to tell you, I got to tell you, my favorite word, I heard it today, I did. You know what my favorite word is? You know what my favorite word is? At least for today, my favorite word? Huh? You know what it is? Love. Love. Um, well, uh, I wasn't thinking love, but uh, it probably should be. But, you know what? Temptation. Oh, I love temptation. There you go. See, I can use love that way, right? See, I love temptation. Yeah, you know why? Because, oh, temptation. I can usually do some really good stuff with temptation. You know what I mean? Oh, boy. How many of you know or have heard the word temptation before? Oh, you guys like temptation too? Isn't it great? You know what I like to do? You know what I like to do? I love this. See, this is so much fun. See, okay, so Pastor, you know, he's kind of chubby, right? And so I got to tell you, this is great. See, I like to go out and I buy snacks, you know? And what I do is I put them right in the middle of the table. Yeah. So he comes down. I know what he loves. He loves Doritos. Oh, does he eat Doritos? Man, like three, four, five, six bags in a movie or something, you know? And, well, wait a minute. I don't eat that much, okay? But, but you know, and, and so I just put them right on the table. And so he comes out into the kitchen, and, you know, and he comes to the dining room, and then you know what he sees? You know what he sees? He sees the Doritos. And you know what happens? It's great because I'm hiding in the corner and I just love it because it's like, oh, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Oh, this is great. You know what? And so sometimes he picks them up. You know that? And I like, got him. <laughs> it's great. You know, he takes the bag and he eats the whole bag and he can't stop with just one. So what does Elmo do? Does he use temptation? He does, doesn't he? Yeah, it's so much. How many of you guys have done that before? You have? Isn't that awesome? I tell you, I just love it. You know, Elmo, I think that's not the nicest thing to do, is it? No, it's not. Oh, oh boy. Hey, I'm going to go listen and see what Pastor says, okay? Bye, guys. You know, Elmo, he likes to tempt people, doesn't he? And he knows exactly what they like, you know, what they're, you know, and what things get him in trouble, you know, and he likes to use that against people, you know. That's not the nicest thing in the world, is it? No. You know what? And, and sometimes, you know, the devil and sin kind of work the same way. They know exactly what our weak spots are. And you know what they like to do? They like to tempt us with, to do, you know, bad things and, and things that, that God would not like us to do. But you, you hear, I don't know if you heard in our gospel lesson today, Satan was trying to tempt Jesus. And, you know, did Jesus give in to those temptations? No, he didn't, you know. And... 
it's one of those great things that, that we cling to and we hear about all the time how Christ fulfilled the law for each one of us. You know, many times when we, we get led into temptation and maybe we say things we shouldn't or, or we do things to people that we shouldn't. But you know what? In those times we look back at Christ and we remember what He did for us. And that is He didn't give in to temptation and that He fulfilled the law for us, giving to us hope and comfort and life everlasting and salvation. Let's pray, okay? Dear Jesus, You have come and fulfilled the law for me. Guide me each day that what I say and do, that what I say and do are God-pleasing. In Your name I pray. Amen. You guys may return to your seats as we all prepare to sing our hymn of the day. Let us rise. The text for this Sunday, the first Sunday in Lent, is Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you, then, will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is our text. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The title for today's sermon is Cast into the Wilderness. Several weeks ago, we heard the words from John and learned about the wilderness in which we live. Actually, it was about two and a half months ago. And I know that many of you are sitting here going, he really expects us to remember that sermon on that particular Sunday in Advent. Pastors think that way all the time, that we can do that. But I will share this part with you, and this is a little bit, and that is Professor Gibbs once said you can take cold comfort in knowing that if you preach the same Christmas Eve sermon a couple years in a row, not many will remember. Maybe not even you. So we look back and we remember in John, in the Gospel, and in that Gospel spoke about the wilderness in which we live. 
And today we come back to that term wilderness and the understanding of that wilderness that surrounds us every day and how active Satan and sin and the world are in the wilderness in which we live. That wilderness might not necessarily be outside your home. That wilderness could be inside your house, in the confines of your own home, inside those walls, where sin and Satan tempt you and work diligently to destroy you. That work on your family, that work on your self-esteem or your ego, and throw about every possible curveball that you can imagine at you. And then on the flip side, you step out the door of your house and immediately you're consumed in another completely different wilderness. But it's still after you. And the attacks are relentless. And what a culture can do and what an environment can do to you as well. Tear you apart. Tempt you. Create doubt. Wear on you. Slowly just picking away at every ounce of hope that you might have. It can be very desperate at times. And that temptation to, to fall away from God, that temptation to throw your hands up in the air, that temptation to, to allow that rage or anger to, to swell up inside of you is right there. Sin and Satan in the world are saying, just go for it. Do it. Let it loose. Be yourself. It's okay. It would be understood. to reject that baptism and the behaviors that flow out of baptism. As Christ and Satan engage each other in a wilderness, we have those three temptations that are laid out. And they're very significant temptations because it's three different aspects of life. And that first one is hunger. That first one is those bodily, physical needs. That second one takes them up there and shows them all the kingdoms, all the power that could be His. And finally, that third one, who are you going to worship? What's going to be your God? Those temptations in life can really be reduced to those three things. Our bodily needs, power, and who you're going to worship. And it's ugly how Satan will twist and turn so that it becomes appealing and that we can somehow justify behaviors in one of those three categories and say, it's okay. And even that temptation to justify it is right there and Satan is constantly using that against God's people. In and of ourselves and by our own desires and our own will, it is completely impossible to resist that temptation. 
Because that old Adam in us just loves it. It loves the ways of the world. It loves itself. It loves himself. Good for the body? Absolutely. Does it satisfy those desires that are within us? Even as we look at our bulletin cover today, there's that, that implication of that young boy or that young man looking at a computer, and we can see all the different pieces in electronic media today that are thrown out at us. That easy one of, of internet pornography, the simple clicks of the mouse, simple key words and it's right there before our eyes and even in a, a, a world that is seemingly trying to justify that behavior that is just merely adult entertainment and to use different nomenclature to make sure that we understand that it's okay is even a grosser violation and a greater temptation than the act itself and the behavior. But see, that's not the only things that plague us. That certainly might be in there in category one of what our body wants. And, and I was, I was kind of hoping today, and I was kind of rooting around in the kitchen here at the church right before church started this morning looking for something. I wish I could have had one of those big family bags of Doritos. You know, I'm, I'm not talking the Walmart ones. I'm talking the Sam's Club ones. You know, that say family size on it. Because I'll be straight up honest with you. Those things are so good. And one bag just doesn't cut it through a night. Because you really can't eat just one. And I know that's not the commercial for the Doritos. But they are a vice. And it's just the whole bag. And that's kind of how the old Adam works. It doesn't want just a little bit. It wants all of it. And then there's that second one that leads us into also the third one. The second one of power and authority and those other cravings that go with that. And it was intriguing to see, you know, we live in a country and in a culture that is completely oblivious to consumer spending and to fulfilling those desires of what we want. I was blown away in preparing for today. I was curious to see what consumer debt was. $2.4 trillion is consumer debt. That's not counting business debt. That is merely consumer debt. Credit cards, mortgages, student loans, revolving credit through a bank. $2.4 trillion. And throw that on top of our national debt, and those numbers even become more staggering. Temptation to want more, to have everything, it stares us in the face every day. And what about worship? 
Because that second aspect leads us into the third aspect. Who's your God? What is it that we bow down to? What is it that we worship? What is it that we covet? What is it that we fear? Those things that we fear tend to be our God. That first commandment, we are to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Do we fear not being accepted? Do we fear that we might fail? Do we fear that we might not have enough? Or that we might not be able to impress those around us? Or that our lives won't be comfortable? Or that we won't have enough money? Do we fear that we might just maybe miss something in life? What are those fears that haunt us in our wilderness? And those things that surround us? Thrown out into the wilderness. Cast into the wilderness. And I, and I like this. Luke gives us this led by the Holy Spirit. Matthew gives us ekbalo, a Greek for cast out like you'd throw a ball. Just heaved out into the wilderness. That's what happens to Christ. And that's what happens to us as well. We're thrown out into the wilderness to be tempted. We're thrown out into the wilderness to be tried. We're thrown out in the wilderness to be torn apart. But our comfort, though, in spite of all of that, is with Jesus Christ. Oftentimes we'll, we'll look at this text and we'll see, I wonder how I can resist temptation. I wonder how I can get around this. I wonder how I cannot give in to temptation. And it's in that little moment that we fail to see our own little handicap, or, or better yet, that's not even a good word to use, to see our own destruction and our own deadness that is upon us. And we look at this text and these words in somehow or some way that we can fulfill this instead of looking at it in light of the gospel and what Christ has done for us. Dear brothers, dear sisters, Christ did not give in to temptation. And this is reflective right back to Adam when he's in the garden, when Satan is tempting him and Eve. And he says, did God really say? Is this what he said? And Adam and Eve gave in to that temptation and brought sin into the world. And now we have a new Adam in Jesus Christ. And what does that new Adam do? What does Christ do? Satan can't get him on the first one when he hasn't eaten for 40 days. And he says, turn these rocks into bread. And we know that he could absolutely do that. Because we will see and hear and learn just as we saw back in Epiphany when He fed thousands of people with just a little bit of bread and a few fish with leftovers to spare. He could have done it right there. And He doesn't give in to it. Bow down and worship Me. Throw yourself off. And Christ doesn't give in. Because it's not about Him that He's thinking. 
It's about each one of you that's on his mind. I'm going to save my people. I'm not going to give in to temptation. I'm going to fulfill the law for my people. It's what Christ does. He fulfills the law. Where we fail, Christ succeeds. Where we give in, Christ steps away and rebukes. In your baptisms, you are connected to the actions and deeds of Jesus Christ. That's our connection to this. That as God looks down upon you, it's not that He sees all those times when you've made poor decisions and that you've given into temptation. He looks down upon you and sees your baptism. And in that baptism, He sees these actions and deeds of Jesus Christ. He sees where Christ has succeeded and therefore you succeeded. He sees the washing and the renewal and the regeneration. He sees that robe of righteousness that's been placed over you. He sees the washing and the cleansing. He sees you in that wilderness that you live, both internally and externally. He sees you as His dear child, tempted and tortured by this world. And he says to you, I have not forsaken you. I haven't abandoned you. As a matter of fact, I've done it all for you. Let me give to you confidence. Let me give to you a promise. That life everlasting and salvation are yours. That eternal life belongs to you. That your sins are forgiven and that you are washed clean. There's a day that's coming that the wilderness will not be surrounding you. As a matter of fact, you'll be sitting, you'll be sitting at a banquet table forever with your Savior Jesus Christ, where there will be no more temptations, no more trials, no more tribulations, where you will stand in the glory of your Heavenly Father and in the glory of His Son Jesus Christ. And that will be poured out upon you constantly, where you will be given the crown of life, where comfort and peace and joy will reign forever. That's what Christ has given to you through His actions and His deeds. Yes, we're cast into the wilderness, but the wilderness is temporary, and we constantly look forward to the day of everlasting joy. Amen. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us rise and we continue with the prayers of the church.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, each according to their needs. Almighty and merciful Father, You alone are the one who has given to us hope and comfort in the actions of Your Son, Jesus Christ. We implore You, Lord, that You be with us this day to guide and to lead us, and make us ever mindful of all who are unable to attend church for various reasons. We pray especially for our shut-ins of this congregation, Esther Schlickenmeyer, Elizabeth Welp, June Jensen, Harry Eckberg, Robert Parasat, Lillian Peters, Bonnie Davison, Bonnie Kinese, and Vi Wall. Lay your peace upon each of these people, strengthening their faith at the foot of your cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father of all mercies, you are the physician, and through you comes all healing, both spiritually and physically. We implore you, Lord, that you be with those who are suffering from various uh, struggles in life and various health ailments. Give to them restoration, and give to those who struggle peace and comfort. We pray especially for Weston Johnson, who's been diagnosed with melanoma, and also Gary Adler, the father of Brent Adler, who awaits a stem cell transplant and is wrestling with health issues. Give to Weston and Gary your hand of healing. Lay upon them peace and hope and comfort. Be with their families as they are at their sides and as they go through various treatments. That your will and your way is revealed and that above all, their faith is strengthened at the foot of your cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good and gracious Father, you are the author of life and the author of life everlasting. We ask, Lord, that you be with the family of Luis Rodriguez, the father of Hannah Romero, who passed away last night. Be with Luis's family. Be with Hannah and Reuben as they are in Greeley. Give to them strength and comfort. Place upon them the knowledge and the understanding of life everlasting through Jesus Christ and draw them to your cross and through that cross to the empty tomb and the resurrection. As funeral arrangements are made, be with the, the entire family as they rejoice in salvation and in the baptism that you placed upon Louise and the faith that he confessed, giving to all of them the comfort and the hope and the peace in Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Father, you are the one who watches over and provides for all of our needs. During various times and in difficulties, there is uncertainty throughout our country and throughout the world. We implore you, Lord, again, that you be with those who serve in our armed forces and pray especially for Jordan Stober, who serves in the Air Force. Send to him your guardian angels. Watch over and protect him that no harm comes his way and lift him up each day in your peace and in your comfort. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lay all of these prayers before you plus those prayers which are upon our heart through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated as the offerings are gathered. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.